This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Brady's back. Brady's under pressure. Brady's chased. Brady needs one. Incomplete. And the ball game's over. And the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. Finish is what Tom Coughlin said. And the Giants have finished off the Patriots in the Super Bowl for the second time in four years. Good memories. Good <laughs> memories. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, Giants Radio Network with the call. You know Why do we have to do that? That was the anniversary today of CC winning a Super Bowl. As if you guys didn't win enough Super Bowls. That doesn't feel like it now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why. You won six of them. I know, but boy, you go from the Super Bowl to the toilet bowl very quickly in the NFL. Man, oh, here you boy, go. Oh, boy. The anyway, toilet bowl. Oh, right? I, I was about to say, what are you talking you about? You don't think the Patriots are in the toilet bowl right now? It certainly feels like it. It's well, the dawn of a new era, Evan. you got a exactly. new coach. You're building something new. You should be more positive. You're building. Plus, your coach wrote you a personal love letter this weekend. That's Put great. it in the Boston Globe for Daddy you. Daddy did. Daddy did. That's, that's my coach. That's your, correct. Your coach. My yeah. coach. We are on Sports He's like no on ESPN Radio. Coach, but it's well, that, well said. Along <laughs> with Michelle Small and Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. First weekend in a long time without football. Biggest highlight of the weekend? Oh, the you? Grammys, for sure. Grammys were Grammys, great. Yeah, Tracy pre- Chapman coming out oh, last night. Oh, that was She's awesome. So that was awesome. I thought it was pretty cool. Miley Cyrus with the Tina Turner tribute. We're doing she flowers. Was that was great. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was fun. Miley Cyrus, one of these people that, like, if you just see her on the surface... You're just like, oh, she's wild and crazy. And then, like, no, take a second to actually listen to her music. She can belt. Yeah. Her she voice is ridiculous. She she Have you ball. ever heard her do Jolene, Dolly Parton's yes. song? Yes. I think Dolly Parton's her godmother. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard the Miley Cyrus cover of Jolene, A+. Okay, as, as long as we're going there, Wildflowers. She did a Tom Petty cover uh, with Howard Stern. Unbelievable. One of the greatest covers I've ever heard in my life. Grammys were definitely up there. I watched a documentary on Netflix. Best documentary I've watched since The Last Dance, The Greatest Night in Pop. It is about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. I, I, I am telling you, it is about... MJ, MJ and, it, Yes, yeah, it is really about cool. the making of We Are the World. For, oh, yeah. for a younger really audience cool. who doesn't know about We Are the World, in 1985, the top musicians in the world got together on one night to write and perform a tribute song to benefit all of the people in Africa who were starving. I mean, a horrible, horrible situation where food was not coming in and people were dying every single day. And so basically, you had a situation where Harry Belafonte decides, because he's such a charitable person, was such a charitable person, let's do something, gets Quincy Jones, who basically think Pat Riley, based, yeah, or yeah. Greg Popovich, or Belichick, or whatever, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, like one of the great coaches of all time. And he's like, let's do this. And on the night of the American Music Awards, where Lionel Richie, one of the most underrated performers of all time, you have to now say after watching this, organizes all these people, including Michael Jackson. Let's do it on that night after the AMAs. And it's a documentary about it. I could watch it a hundred more times. It wow. was that good. Yeah, it was awesome. Really? It was my, unbelievable. My wife cut it on and I got locked into it. it oh my cool. God. But it I was... just got to correct you on one thing. He's not Lionel Richie. He's Lionel Wealthy. According I, to I Trevor Noah. <laughs> yes, that was well done. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was well Trevor done Noah last was night. was awesome yeah. last night. You know, awesome. Trevor Noah did something that I thought was really interesting in the open of the Grammys. He brought up a million people and they all were nervous. Uh-oh, am I about to get ragged on? And he actually did comedy positively. Yeah. Which was interesting. Almost made fun in a like happy and healthy way. I, yeah. I don't know how he pulled that off, but he was great last well, night. Well, he told us his goal was not to have Cat Williams talk trash about him. That's true. Grammy, so. That is true. 
and did a tremendous job. Jay Z, I thought was amazing. He had his speech last night at the Grammys. You didn't think so? I'm not going to say anything about it. Well, he he did uh, take the Grammys to task for Beyonce not winning Album of the Year. His yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, that happened. But I thought he had an inspirational speech, and I thought it was hysterical, actually. I thought he had a lot of funny jokes and talking about Will Smith back in the day boycotting the Grammys and then watching it on TV. And then he did the exact same thing. He's like, I'm not going, and then watching it on TV. Yeah. But yeah, Grammys... Um, and that documentary, Smalls, highlight of the non-football weekend for you? Oh, gosh. There were so many. Go, I went to um, a comedy show on Saturday. Yesterday, I had an amazing sub sandwich. I'm trying to uh, <laughs> find my sub shop in New York City. So, you know, we're on that journey. A journey of finding the right sub shop in New York City. Yeah. That's a big deal. But there's... That's a big deal. Every corner has a great... Mm, not no, all of no them are created every, equal every corner has one. That doesn't mean that it's great. Correct. Yeah. What has you got to be, find your your, your sandwich place, your bodega. You got to find your spot. But what has to be like? Everybody what, has one. What makes it great though? Like, is it the bread? Is it is it all the above? Is it the packaging? Is it the ambiance? Like, oh, that guy or gal is amazing when you walk in there. What has to be good? With I that? don't know if it's the guy or gal behind the counter that makes the difference. It's just whether or not it's good. That's right. Exactly. So this one was called Regina's Grocery. It's in okay. Soho off Mulberry. And it was outstanding. Okay. You had your meats. You had your mozzarella. You had your bread. They had a Calabrian chili paste on it uh-huh. and a little balsamic glaze. So it was like a little sweetness with a little heat. Oh, it nice. Was Awesome. Nice. So is this going to now be in every week for you? Like, yeah. all right, okay, so then ultimately you'll rank which one's the best. Yeah, I want to find year? my top three. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, so it's Sunday subs with Smalls. That's right. All right, good. We can have Rob follow you around every Sunday, <laughs> on Sunday, our digital guy, uh, follow you around. But uh, Super Bowl is on Sunday. You guys hear about that? Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm trying to figure out what's a bigger deal. Taylor Swift announcing that she's got a new album coming in April or the actual big game with her man playing in it this coming Sunday? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is a bigger deal? Yeah, it, it actually is. I mean, it's, it's, It actually is. Seriously, uh, don't you think so? Just, Worldwide? I, I mean, I'm just saying. Super Bowl is going to be in a lot of... It's going to be broadcast so, in a lot of countries. Uh, so she announced that she has a new album coming out when she won an award last night at the Grammys, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. What if she didn't win? So she was that confident... She was going to win an award. She was going to win that they she had was gonna everything she, set she up. She was going to After win an award. After the summer that she had, she oh, I gonna, know, she's winning something. She was going to win something. Yeah, but I'm isn't sure. that amazing Like that you're that confident that it's going to happen, that this is the plan, that that's going to happen the way it happened last night, where she announces April 19th, I want to say, yep. um, is the new album. She wanted it, what, right before the NFL draft? She didn't want to conflict with the draft, and that's yeah. what it was. Uh, yeah. But yes, as we head into the Super Bowl, obviously Travis Kelsey, her boyfriend, playing in the Super Bowl... Super Bowl 58, as we sit here today, the biggest storyline as we head into the game feels like what for you guys? Oh, it has to be Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. But I would say right under that for me mm-hmm. would be Kyle Shanahan. Because mm. he's starting to get a reputation as the coach that chokes it away in the big game, in the big spot. I mean, it's hard to to scrub away the 28-3 to meltdown that the Atlanta Falcons had when he was the offensive coordinator. Then we had Super Bowl uh, down in Miami in 2019 where they lost to the Chiefs. They had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. And blew it. And so now, seeing how the playoffs have played out and having to have two come-from-behind victories against what we would deem as inferior clubs in the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions, yeah, this is a game that uh, that uh, Kyle Shanahan really needs to figure out a way to win so he can get rid of that label as the coach that can get you to the big game but can't win it. 
Yeah, being on the other side of it, or yeah, two weekends ago in Detroit probably felt good. Maybe you exercise some of those demons, but until he wins the Super Bowl, that's going to be there. Twenty to three will be there. And outside of Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant to Mister Relevant, if it happens. I'm thinking about Patrick Mahomes and his greatness. I mean, we have talked about it at length about the start to his career. But if he gets another one and he gets it with this team this year, back to back, that's not that he needs a legacy shifter, but it's certainly an enhancer. I mean, to be able to do that, it puts him in rarefied air. I've been thinking about Mahomes the other way, though, because I I don't think whatever happens on Sunday, he's still, to me, a top five quarterback already of all time. That's how unbelievable he is. But I do think it'll be interesting if they lose on Sunday and he's now two and two, right? They, they, there is a drastic difference in our mentality between three and one and two and two mm. because now it's, hey, you got to get to another one to have a winning record in the Super Bowl. We know how great you are, but you don't have a winning record in the Super Bowl. I just have thought about it the other way a little bit of Mahomes having that 500 Super Bowl record in comparison to Montana or Brady or any of the other ones that we want to compare him to because he is so great. He is so already historically great. He is so abnormal in the start of his career, but would not have a winning record in the Super Bowl if he loses on Sunday. Yeah, I I, I see where you're going with that. But, I mean, Peyton Manning doesn't have a winning record in the Super Bowl. And we don't put him there with Brady and Montana. Yeah, but Peyton Manning is a top-five quarterback. There's no question about it. Like, the, 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 the greatness is is not up for debate. And so with Pat Mahomes, with the start that he's had, being able to get to four Super Bowls before your age 30 season, no other quarterback has had the ability to do that. And then he's got multiple MVPs, multiple titles, and he's 28. So I I understand where you're coming from, Ev. It kind of takes the legend down a notch. Yeah. But there's still nobody that you can compare him to currently in the NFL. You have to compare him to the all-time greats. And even those guys that we're mentioning, Joe Montana and Tom Brady, um, players of that ilk, they still had guys that you compared them to to rival their greatness in the time and space that they competed in the NFL. Yeah, That doesn't exist for Pat Mahomes. So yeah. I think that's the part where I would push back a little bit on what Ev is saying when it comes to the Super Bowl record overall and how that impacts how we view Mahomes. Well, I, I think you're right, but I also think that changes the argument a little bit. Like, I think Brady had Manning until he outgrew Manning. Montana, well, until Manning retired. Yeah, but he passed him way before then. It, it was Montana until- had Marino until he outgrew Marino, right? Yeah. In terms of the number of wins, I agree. In this, in this, that's why but that didn't happen until the end of <laughs> of his career. Of his career, right? Yeah. But that's why Mahomes is so abnormal. Like there's 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 no rival. Like I don't want to hear Josh Allen. I just I don't want to hear it. Not today. Not not this week. And that's not an insult to Josh Allen. You can't compare him to Mahomes. You can't compare Burrow to Mahomes. You can't compare Lamar to Mahomes. There is no comp for Mahomes. So for his first six years of his career, actually the only comp. Looking back on it, it was probably the tail end of Brady's career because that's the only guy that beat him twice, right? But don't you think context matters, though? Like, if he gets in this game and we see – it's like his receivers. Are they going to be the regular season version of what we saw? Or are they going to be the playoff version of what we saw? <laughs> and if they Drastically different. If it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know, if the carriage turns back into a pumpkin with this receiving core, I'm not going to hold that against Patrick Mahomes. And I'll remember that, that he took this team that we didn't expect him to to the Super Bowl and then his supporting cast reverted back to form. You know, there's, to me, context around how we're going to view this if he doesn't win. Well, in, depending that, on what happens. in that scenario, I think what we remember actually is Andy Reid. Like, hey, you got to make adjustments. Take the wide receivers off the field like you did in the previous game and like just throw to the tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. But I think all of this is going to be so interesting because we have spun it so many times, rightfully so, with the Chiefs winning 
We haven't necessarily gone the other way of what what is our impression of if the Chiefs lose and then all of a sudden they're two and two. And and Andy Reid would be two and three, right? In the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, two and three, yeah. Two and three. So we may I mean, would we look at we shouldn't look at them differently, but we may look at them differently. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. All right, coming up. Did a move this weekend indicate where the number one pick in the draft, presumed number one pick in the draft, wants to play. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Caleb Williams. Dominant in three years in college, one at Oklahoma, two at USC, has now entered the draft. He's the presumed number one pick. Bears have the first pick, but what team is he going to play for? We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. So why ask that question now? Well, the answer is former offensive coach for USC, Cliff Kingsbury, former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL, got a job this weekend. Initially, we thought he was going to go to the Raiders. He then doesn't come up with a deal with the Raiders, ends up with Washington, is now going to be the offensive coordinator with the Commanders. The Commanders, of course, have the number two pick in the draft. Caleb Williams is from the from the D.C. area. Caleb Williams goes on Instagram and says, my dog, congratulations to Cliff Kingsbury. That does not mean he wants to play for the Commanders. But there's been some smoke that maybe he doesn't want to play for the Bears, who has the number two pick. That would be the Commanders. Yeah, I don't know that Caleb Williams is going to be able to have the perfect storm come to fruition and get to D.C. I just don't see that happening because it feels like all signs of Chicago are pointing to them. Trading away Justin Fields and taking a quarterback with the number one overall pick. And based on everything that I've heard from people at ESPN that are you know doing the advanced scouting, people around the National Football League, Caleb Williams is the presumptive number one overall pick. So the value proposition for the Chicago Bears would too be, be too great to justify passing up on Caleb Williams for whatever Washington could, would try to dangle in front of them in order to move up. So, yeah, Caleb Williams is going to be a Chicago Bear. And, and I just don't see a whole lot changing that. But if I'm Washington, I'm trying everything I can to have it fall in my favor so that I can reunite him with Cliff Kingsbury and make him the new face of my franchise. It does seem like there's a lot of arrows that are pointing this way. And maybe at the end, it'll be anticlimactic and the Bears will take him and it'll all just be a juicy uh, storyline leading up to the draft. But this one certainly made me raise my eyebrows. It feels like Washington knows what they're doing with this one. Well, uh, Cliff Kingsbury with Caleb Williams. Let's talk about that. When he was at USC, Cliff Kingsbury comes in. Caleb Williams has 12 less touchdowns, um, has about 1,000 less yards, 
Cliff Kingsbury has never proven to be a big-time coach in any way, shape, or form. So, sure, if this is the means to an end, like, I feel better about the Raiders not having Kingsbury than I do about the Commanders having Kingsbury. <laughs> I do. I mean, now, it may it probably means the Raiders, we can take them out of the conversation for Justin Fields because they hired Luke Getze, the Bears offensive coordinator from a year ago, and needless to say, Fields and Getze weren't necessarily, you know, uh, Montana and Walsh out there together, right? But... Let's go there for a second. So let's say Washington says, hey, we want Kingsbury to be our offensive coordinator. And one of the reasons we want him is because we think maybe he can help us lure Caleb Williams. Is there a deal that the Chicago Bears could be presented that would make them flip from one to two? Now, that would have to be under the premise that they grade Drake May from North Carolina, who was at a UNC game this weekend, ironically, with Sam Howell, the current quarterback for Washington, or Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU, that they would grade one of those two guys close enough to Caleb Williams where they could make a deal. Is there a deal, if you're the Bears, that you would take to flip from one to two? No, I don't think this is a situation where you get cute because the player that you draft is going to transform your franchise. You're going all in with him. I, I don't know that you can be cute with this and say that there's not much of a difference between one prospect or the other. Now, here's the thing. If you like Drake May more than you like Caleb Williams, then you take him number one. If you like Jaden Daniels more than you like the other two quarterbacks, then you take him number one. I don't think you get cute with this thing and try to trade back and hope that whoever's getting up to number one doesn't take your guy. I mean, we, we've seen what them getting cute does. We saw that last year. You got cute, and you missed on the opportunity to have C.J. Stroud. Yeah. You traded down with the Carolina Panthers, allowed them to move up. You doubled down on Justin Fields, and now you're a year later, you're going to trade Justin Fields. So, again, you can't justify the opportunity cost from last year. Why would you then go down a similar path with trading down and allowing Washington to get up there and get Caleb Williams or whoever they would want to take number one overall. That part of it just doesn't make any sense. Now, just to push back a little bit on the Kingsbury of it all, I get that Caleb Williams' numbers slid from 2022 to 2023, but Jordan Addison, first-round pick, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, probably had a lot to do with the decline in numbers, relying on an inexperienced receiving core probably led to some of the decline in the numbers, but I, I don't think that's a reflection on Cliff Kingsbury as an offensive coordinator, mm -hmm. and I don't think that's a reflection on Caleb Williams as a talent. I think he's the guy. I think the upside with him is greater than the other two quarterbacks that have been you know, projected to be top five players. So if you're the Chicago Bears, I think this is a no-brainer. I, I don't think you, you entertain you know, draft picks, players. You take the quarterback, because we see how much of a difference that guy can make. Think about the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Is there any amount of draft picks that you could give the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes? No. No. And Caleb Williams, <laughs> and I know this is lofty praise, has been viewed by a lot as somebody in that same mold. I'm not sitting there saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but people say he has that type of potential. And so I don't know that you pass on the promise of a prospect like that for any amount of draft picks. Yeah, he's in that uh, that rarefied era, that Peyton Manning, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck. It feels like we've been talking about him for years as a can't-miss quarterback, as a transformational franchise quarterback that has all the makings to be one of the all-time greats. And if you're anyone with the number one overall pick, you shouldn't mess it up. 
but especially the Chicago Bears. It feels like they've been in quarterback purgatory for how long? Yeah. You double down on Justin Fields, as you mentioned, pass up on C.J. Stroud, and now you're likely going to move on from him. You cannot mess this up. You also retained your, your coach, and this was a very interesting coaching cycle, so you really have to have that payoff. And you had a team that had the arrow pointing up at the end of last year that feels like if you get the right quarterback in place, could really have it all come together. I'm just sitting here thinking about the quarterbacks that the Chicago Bears have burned through since the 2000s. I mean, Kate, Kate McNown, <laughs> yep. like Rex, Rex Grossman, Mitch Trubisky, and now Justin Fields, and sprinkling a little Jake Cutler That's in all right. that. Oh, well, he was were, the best. Were you traded in two, two first-round draft picks to the Denver Broncos? Yeah. I mean, don't mess around Kyle with Kyle Orton, thing. did we mention him? Uh, Kyle Orton in the mix? I, 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 Great beard. <laughs> was Kyle Orton a first-round pick? No, oh, first-round pick-wise. No, no, I'm, no, I'm no. thinking about the investments that they made with premium picks on quarterbacks. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they still holding on to Sid Luckman. Like that's what we got, Jim McMahon. That's what we. That's that's what we got. But if Caleb Williams, okay, so he may be Patrick Mahomes like he's not Patrick Mahomes yet because you sure. can't do that to anyone. No, 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 we can't. So if the Chicago Bears believe that this guy could be similar to Patrick Mahomes, I don't care if Caleb Williams says I don't want to play for you, and the Washington Commanders offer you all three first, like literally your next three total drafts, twenty-one picks. You say no. If you believe that that guy can be Patrick Mahomes and they offer you 21 picks over three years, one pick in each of the seven rounds, and Terry McLaurin, you still say no. Now, if you think that maybe he's not going to be Mahomes, well, then let's have a conversation here. But if you think he's going to be Mahomes, there is no value that could come your way that is greater than taking him number one other than Patrick Mahomes. Now, here's what complicates things, and here's where it gets a little bit interesting. Okay. If there's a situation where... He gets drafted number one, and he's adamant that he doesn't want to play for the Bears, and he's willing to to sit out a mm-hmm. year. But if, if, if but, but with everything that's going on with the landscape of college football and NIL, all of those different things, if he decides that he's willing to sit out for a year, I just I that becomes a little bit of a dicey proposition if you're the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Like if he or does it? If he holds your feet to the fire, that becomes a dicey proposition. Here's why I say you actually have the leverage if you're the Bears. I don't have to trade Justin Fields. I still got a guy. So I will not. So let's play this out. Then here's the advice for the Chicago Bears. You don't trade Justin Fields until Caleb Williams and his representation say, we're not going to ask out. We're not going to sit out. We no. are going to play for you. At that moment, then you trade him. Yeah. So you cannot actually trade Justin Fields until you know that Caleb Williams definitively wants to play for your team. But there is the other element that complicates it, which is maximizing the return that you would get for Justin Fields and the timing of all of that. I yes. get that that's a little... You may have to sacrifice I, that. I, I, get that I, I get that that's that's on the back burner. That's not necessarily the top priority, but that's also a consideration when you think about the musical chairs that's going to happen with quarterbacks in the next couple of weeks once we start the scouting combine. So that that is also a thing. But I will say this. To your point, the Cliff Kingsbury hire is is very interesting just mm-hmm. because we thought he was going to the Las Vegas Raiders, and in the 11th hour, he pivots, takes his name out of consideration. That falls apart, and he decides he's going to sign mm-hmm. as the OC for the Washington Commanders. Why would they do that? Why <laughs> would they do that? Got to go Wendy I'm, on that why, one. Why would they do that? Yeah. I'm just, just putting it out there. Like, it just, it's one of those things – that's a little bit of a curious move, and when you connect the dots, knowing that he's from D.C., mm-hmm. knowing that this was his former O.C., it could make sense in terms of making it making it a scenario that could actually happen. It's a long shot, 
but it could make sense. And if you're the Washington Commanders' new ownership group ready to take a big swing and you hire Dan Quinn, who was viewed by large parts as an underwhelming candidate, you don't make that move and hire Dan Quinn without a clear plan on what you're doing on the offensive side of the ball and what you're going to do at the quarterback spot. And maybe this is a part of that clear plan Mm -hmm. to take a big swing and to go after Caleb Williams. There's more to this conversation we will get to as the show progresses. But first, CeCe has this from Vivid Seats. Oh, yes. Secure the seats and the memories this year from Vivid Seats. Your home for every dunk, every slap shot, and every stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase, from the buzzer beaters to the walk-off home runs, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It still reeks of bacon, wrapped with bacon, with a side of bacon after a long NFL Sunday. I love bacon, but I never actually say it. Bacon just knows. But man, does he have some thoughts. And bacon, this is Upon Further Review with Chris Ganty. All right, what bacon do you have? No bacon this No bacon. Weekend. I was actually good this weekend. I had impossible sausage patties. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had Meatless? that. I had, yeah, vegetable base with a little grits, some cheddar cheese. So no bacon this weekend. All right. I, was, I was on my best behavior. Wow, I, I, ate, I ate clean this weekend. Okay. I, tried, I, I got to offset it somehow with the bottles of red wine, right? So you got to get. But get, isn't red wine heart healthy? That's uh, what I tell it, myself. There you go. Exactly. So we'll, we'll just keep telling ourselves that. Okay, great. All right. Upon further review, Super Bowl week edition. Let's get it. All right. So we're going to start out with the Chicago Bears. General Manager Ryan Poles has to trade Justin Fields this month. I'm going to say it again. Ryan Poles from the Chicago Bears has to trade Justin Fields this month. Why? Because the combine starts on February 29th, and he has to find a way to maximize the return that he gets for Justin Fields. If he waits beyond 
February, then all of a sudden the chairs start getting filled up when it comes to teams that have vacancies or that we're anticipating having vacancies at the most important position in all of team sports. The quarterback, Justin Fields, undoubtedly will be a hot commodity. Matt Miller, who does scouting for us here at ESPN, said that down at the Senior Bowl, the thought was that Justin Fields will go for a second rounder in a day three pick, so somewhere between a fourth and a seventh rounder. In addition to that, there are rumors that the Atlanta Falcons want to potentially include Kyle Pitts in a package to bring Justin Fields to ATL. So there are a lot of things swirling around Justin Fields, but the one thing that we do know is the, the later you wait, the less market that you have for Justin Fields and it's simple supply and demand. If you don't have a robust market, you can't leverage other offers in order to get the best offer. So if you're GM Ryan Poles, you got to strike while the iron is hot. You got to strike before people like Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and Ryan Tannehill declare where they're going to go. And that's why he absolutely has to be traded before the end of February. Next, we have Packers team president Mark Murphy and his response to just to Justin in Tucson, I think it was his response to Justin in Tucson was the perfect professional clap Mac. Now, Justin in <laughs> Tucson is a Packers fan and he sent the hate email urging Mark Murphy to retire. And Mark Murphy responded by referencing Justin's previous dozen emails and alluded to the team transitioning to a new CEO team president in 2025. And Smalls, we've all been there. When we've had somebody send the email per my previous email or as we discussed, friendly reminder and my personal favorite, respectfully. Respectfully. And so for Mark Murphy, he was great at finding quarterbacks, but he's even better at throwing shade professionally, respectfully. So Mark Murphy, I thought that was a great response from him. I love the transparency because these people that are in these roles in the front office, these, these decision makers within franchises, they're people too, and they hear all of the noise, and I thought that was the great way to be able to respond to a fan that was seemingly out of pocket. Like, if you're a Packers fan, what the hell are you complaining about? Why are you upset at what Mark Murphy is I'm doing? I'm going to guess somebody else is now writing his emails because Mark Murphy has had some of the worst responses in these chats that I've ever seen previously. So you're right. That was brilliant. I'm going to guess Goody's now writing them for him. Goody's writing them for him? Goody's writing them for him. But I guess my question is, what is there to complain about if if you're a Packers fan? If you're Justin in Tucson, why are you upset at Mark Murphy? That's right. You, you, okay, you've, wait gone, a second. you've gone from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to now Jordan Love. So everybody's excited about Jordan Love. He was phenomenal in the playoffs, so except good. for that last interception in San Francisco. But you won a playoff game in Dallas. Are and you, you should have s- beat the 49ers. Yeah, you, you right have the there. youngest playoff roster in 50 years. What are you upset about? I have why no are idea. you angry? Tell us why you mad, Justin. That's right. Why are you mad? What is going Justin on? Justin in Tucson. Are you saying that the Green Bay Packers fans have less to complain about, less right to complain than any other fan base in all of sports? Probably, yeah. In all of sports? Yeah, because me as a Patriots fan, I actually have something to complain about. Belichick. You have a quarterback. N- and well, Belichick's not the coach. Because Chiefs fans really have nothing yeah, to complain I will say about. this. You did have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and you only won one championship. And how many MVPs two, between the two of them? Two, one each. Yeah. It's, it's how many, ridiculous. How many MVPs between the two of them? Far one, two. So six. Yeah, two, yeah six, yeah. So we are complaining. Now you're giving them a reason I'm to not, complain. Trying, the whole to, angle, which was appropriate, is Packers to. fans, don't complain. Now CC is arguing with CC. 
Well, there is something to complain about. But you shouldn't complain about that now. Like, you have Jordan Love. You had the previous 30 years to complain. Exactly. You should be excited about this new era of Packers football. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The fan base in sports that has no right to complain about anything. Go ahead. Finish. All right. There is a fan base that has a lot to complain about. That would be... The Lakers fan base, and I am one of the members okay. of Lakers Nation. I will say this. Nice win at the Garden on Saturday. Not going to complain about that. LeBron was fantastic down the stretch. Not only offensively, but def- def- defensively. Like, there was nothing that Jalen Brunson could do in that fourth quarter. Like, uh, he put the clamps on him, and it was a wrap. So, I was glad to see that. But the reality of this Lakers team is the reality. You know, there's a reason why they're 500. And I'm going to go out here on the record and say this. LeBron James won't win another title in the NBA unless he's traded. I'm going to say it again. LeBron James won't win another title in the NBA unless he's traded. Now, Rich Paul came out Friday and refuted the idea that LeBron would be on a trade market. There was speculation. Hey, a trade makes sense for both sides. LeBron can wing chase at another team, bring back assets to the L.A. Lakers. LeBron opts out during the summer, resides with the Lakers, and he's got better pieces around him, right? Because presumably the Lakers would be trading for draft picks that they could then flip this summer and be able to bring in a veteran player, another star that could help LeBron and A.D., doesn't sound like that's going to be in the cards, even though LeBron James kind of teased Knicks fans a little bit on Saturday night. Uh, kind of? Was he it a little, was He's tease? wearing orange and blue into tease. the game and then wearing a Knicks towel little, around little, his, his ch- uh, back yeah, yeah, yeah. with Lisa Salter. Yeah, that was really? subliminal message, messaging that was he's, trolling. He's the most calculated human being on earth. He knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, but it was great, though. I mean, LeBron James and, and the Lakers had a fantastic fourth quarter comeback. I mean, the Knicks are 26-1 and one this season when leading through three quarters, and we can go ahead and make that 26-2 and two because they outscored the Knicks 33-19 to 19 in the fourth. So, I mean, the, the, the Lakers are they're showing signs. They show these signs to get you excited as a fan, like we beat the Celtics on their home court, and they're phenomenal, one of the best home court teams this year. Oh, we beat the Knicks in the garden. The Knicks have been the hottest team in January. But we know that this Lakers team ain't going nowhere unless they make a significant move. And to me, the significant move is them being sellers at the deadline rather than buyers. But that's just me, the Lakers fan. And maybe I'm being a little bit hard on my team. But I'm just being Captain Obvious when you look at the Western Conference. Well, I'm going to make matters worse for you. I think the Clippers are going to win the title this year. I think the Clippers are unbelievable. According to our BPI, the Clippers have a 67% chance of getting the number one seed in the Western Conference. Let me tell you something. 67%. Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard when healthy, when plays, still oh, the, the best cl- player the in the NBA. The claw is a monster. He's unbelievable. Cl- best now, player in the league. But now he's got a motivated James Harden and a healthy Paul George to go uh, Unbelievable. And Zubats is back healthy, back too. Back yesterday. Yep, exactly right. Now, LeBron did speak, uh, was asked about the hourglass tweet and its future. So this certainly can lead one Lakers fan, like Chris Canty, <laughs> to think, okay, it's not going to happen here. Let's take a listen to LeBron. After the Atlanta game, um, there's a lot of speculation about what your tweet meant with the um, hourglass emoji. Do you want to clarify? You know? Rich Paul, we're on the record. Yesterday, it said you're not going to seek a trade. Will you be traded? Um, you have an option this summer. The Lakers, you know what you're going to do. No. Boy, LeBron gave nothing. No, nothing. no, no. no, no. It was Belichickian. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And the funny thing about the Rich Paul thing. So on Friday, after we get off the air. Rich Paul reaches out to Brian Windhorst and says, Rich Paul is LeBron's agent, says LeBron's not getting traded. LeBron doesn't have a no-trade clause. No. 
Rob Polinka and the Los Angeles Lakers, no franchise would have the guts to trade at LeBron James against his will, but technically they could. Yeah, but he wouldn't resign. <laughs> Good luck doing that, but technically they could do that. Yeah, but I mean, I guess my whole point is, like, to what end? Like, you trade for DeJounte Murray, what, what is that going to do for your team? Are you going to be on par with the Timberwolves or the Clippers or the Nuggets no. or, or the Thunder? No. No. You're not going to be there. So there, what, what's the point in making that move? There are very few guys in that the NBA. That keeps you on the treadmill of mediocrity. That, Correct. That, that keeps you right there as a 26 and 25 team. That is literally me running every day. A treadmill of mediocrity. I wow. never actually improve. See how he brings it back to him? Yeah. I'm talking about my pain and see what he, see what he does. <laughs> to diss himself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's true. But there are very few players and teams that could look the Lakers and LeBron in the eye and say, no, nah, we're better. In terms of one-on-one, Kawhi Leonard is the one guy who can look him in the eye and say, I've beaten you before. I can do it again. And I think the Lakers, I I don't know how they can be sellers necessarily, but they're not trending in the direction of buying makes sense. I would just, this is the team, see if you can do it. No, but why wouldn't you be sellers? Like, if you could trade LeBron James for a couple of first-round draft picks and, let's say, you know, Mitchell Robinson and Quentin Grimes, and then utilize that draft capital along with your own this summer to bring back another big star and sign LeBron James. Why wouldn't you do that? Because Rich Paul doesn't want to, and neither does LeBron yeah, James. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if you're LeBron, you're not winning a championship with your I team, agree so with why you. would you waste a season in your career? When we, know, when, when we know the sands in your hourglass are running out. Like, <laughs> that, don't make, that don't make no Gotti, sense. SPN Radio. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Just a few days away, Super Bowl 58. Officially Super Bowl week. So we know the Chiefs fans can't complain about anything. Niners <laughs> fans can't complain about anything. Chris Canty is saying Packers fans can't complain about anything except then they can complain retroactively for the <laughs> for the previous 30 years of not winning enough. So the fan base around sports that can't complain, which one is it? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Ben in Denver listening on 104.3. What's up, Ben? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, love the show, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm from, yeah, I'm from Denver, but I'm originally from East L.A., man, so I'm like a a fan who grew up with, you know, Eddie Jones, Van Exel, uh, Campbell, into Kobe. Jeannie Buss did the absolute worst thing you could have done was get LeBron James. I mean, this guy is not a true Laker. He's never going to have a statue. He's, ne- he's never been a true Laker. He only has three championships. And why we always put him, I know Canty says he's from L.A. or he's a Laker fan, but he's not from L.A. So he doesn't know... The, like a real Laker fan base, we need this. We need to get this guy out of LA and get young blood. Get the next Kobe. Get the next somebody. But we need this That's guy. It's so out easy of- to find the next Kobe. Like they're just all like hanging around. <laughs> Probably could sign that guy in a ten day contract. The next Kobe, He's just sitting around there. I no, mean- <laughs> I, here's the thing. I'm not saying get rid of LeBron James and, and not try to get LeBron James back. I'm just saying use LeBron to bring more assets to LA. 
and then hopefully he'll want to come back this offseason and you can feel a better team around him. Because right now, from a talent standpoint, you don't have enough to compete with the upper echelon of the Western Conference. Justin in Austin, listening on 102.7, joins us here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. What's up, Justin? Hey, good morning. Morning. So here's the deal, man. Here's the, here's the deal. You know, I'm a diehard Packers fan. I've been watching them for, for, for as long as I can remember. What am I supposed to be happy about when I could sit on my couch and all I could do is watch Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams highlights coming out of Green Bay? What? Okay, yeah, we beat the Dallas. We, we beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. But we beat them because of Dak. Every single one of those receivers beat Green Bay's defense. There's nothing to be excited about with that. But you're, the but you're in, you're in the playoffs. Every single year, basically, in the playoffs. You have quarterback play that is above the majority of the league for the last 40 years, basically. 30 years. Yeah, a stable head coaching situation, stable front office. I mean... It, it, it's not a volatile situation. Yeah, I mean, I like next year. If you don't make a run, sure, you want to complain if you're a Packers fan. But they're they're definitely on the list of teams fan base. Excuse me, right now that should not be complaining because you did the unthinkable, which is transition from one quarterback to another twice. Forget once, yeah, twice. That's hard to do, right? I mean, the Patriots don't have anyone post Brady. The Dolphins, you know, they can love Tua all they want. And I loved the the one year with Chad Pennington was amazing for them. They don't have anyone since Marino. Nope. The Broncos had Peyton Manning post Elway, but not for a long period of time. They're still looking. I mean, yes, the Bills have found their guy post Jim Kelly. How, How long, long did, did it, it take? take exactly. <laughs> like, uh, by the way, let's be clear. That was unsportsmanlike praising Josh Allen. I just want to stop for that a moment happened. on this. That happened. Let's yeah. stop for one moment. That was unsportsmanlike praising Josh Allen. Just yeah, saying. Uh, Jeff in Wisconsin listening on the ESPN app. What's up, Jeff? Hey, y'all. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I couldn't disagree with the last caller possibly more. <laughs> um, since 1992, I told Nuno, I looked this up. Since 1992, the Packers have had five seasons finishing below 500. I mean, look around our division. You think, I mean, they all hate us. Why do you think they hate us? I mean, they'd kill. Detroit would kill. They probably haven't had five seasons above 500 since 1992. Put it this way, Jeff. Yeah, we don't get this every year. Jeff, to your point, I'll let you finish, but to your point, what you just said, think about today. We spent time talking about the Washington Commanders hiring Cliff Kingsbury. Why? Because it means that Caleb Williams theoretically could ask to not play for the Bears in the same division as the Packers, who have never had to deal with a situation like that. Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Oh, I would, I I would love Williams to go to the to Washington. I would love it. (laughs) We 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 really have have nothing to complain about. Even the only only quote unquote two championships. Again, there's a lot of teams that that would take that. I mean. Yeah, I think we should have won more, but, you know, it is what it is. It's sports, and it's fun. And and every year, almost every year for 32 years, yep, we have a reason to watch football in Week 16 and Week 17 and Week 18. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm good. I'm happy. Well, well said. Now, I understand for me as a Pats fan, I have nothing 
over the last 25 years to complain about. I no. will say that yesterday got me a little sad, though, when Bill Belichick takes out a full-page ad in the Boston Globe thanking the, the, the fans, talking about his fashion, which was funny. But it was some finality to it, right? I don't like it. it it's over. I don't it's like over. it. It's over. Yeah, that, I think that's what's really stinging him right now. It it's is, okay. but, but here's the thing. The reason it hurts is it's not like I would have missed out on my next head coach if Belichick was still there. Because if they went 9-8 and eight this past season, just 9-8, and eight, nothing too crazy. Belichick gets another year and Mayo's still with him. The succession plan is still there. Mayo's not going to go leave to coach the Carolina Panthers. Offense. He's going to stay with New England. But why delay the inevitable? No, I understand that, that they put himself, they, he put himself in a position where it was a choice, right? And the moment that Robert Kraft had a choice of not having him as the head coach to not have to deal with him, he took that choice, mm-hmm. right? But it still hurts because there was, as you said, finality to it yesterday where he's like, all right, I'm clearly not coming back. I have to take out a full page ad thanking everybody. And he did a great job with it. I thought I was surprised. I did not see that happening. No, I that's really not very. Oh, I didn't. I thought he would just ride off into the sunset and never have anything to say about New England after that. But he appreciates everything that was accomplished there. And to his point in the letter, the fans really did support them. They they showed up. They they poured themselves into that franchise. And when it's the end of the road like that, why wouldn't you thank them for their contributions and their support? Everything you're saying is a thousand percent right. But did you expect Bill Belichick to, to be sentimental? I, I did a little bit when the press conference was amicable. When he and Robert Kraft got up there together, I thought this is going to be less dramatic than I anticipate it to be. He, he was fired. I mean, there's no way around it, right? Bill Belichick was fired. And we're not there yet. But one of the things in terms of most pressure for next season in the NFL, Robert Kraft is on that list of most pressure. Like, you better get this right. Because under your watch, Brady was gone. Now, he may have made the wrong choice. If you're going to fire Belichick, you should have fired him then. I don't think he's under that much pressure. No, I, don't I understand I don't owners can't be because— You want to put him under that pressure because no. he got rid of your coach. Yeah. yeah. What you yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you want to get rid of him because he got rid of your coach. I like Kraft, but I think that you got to look at him and say, like, these are pretty bold moves. No, but the the Brady of it all was a Belichick decision, right? Yes, but Which he allowed him to make that and decision. He he moved on from Brady. Brady went and had success. He moved on from Belichick, and he's unemployed for now. For now. For now. But you're right. But you were surprised by yesterday, right? I was surprised by it. I didn't yeah. see him take it out a full page ad in the Boston Globe. I didn't see it happen. Belichick emotional. Makes me emotional. We're on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.